Welcome to Alley All Ears, a podcast from Houston's Alley Theater. Alley All Ears features interviews with directors and designers, playwright Q&As, sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes information, and more. Welcome to Alley All Ears. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. From our home to yours. Hello, all you alley cats out there. This is Liz Frankel here, your director of new work. Today, we are talking about Sweat by Lynn Nottage, the very first show of our 75th anniversary season. We will avoid spoilers, so you're safe to listen at any time. I am delighted to be in the studio with alley artistic director Rob Melrose, who is also directing the production. Hello, Rob. Hello, Liz. As well as Eileen J. Morris, Artistic Director of the Ensemble Theater, who is the Associate Director of our production, which we are presenting in collaboration with the Ensemble. Hello, Eileen. Hi, Liz and everybody. (laughs) Thanks. So to begin, Rob, not only are you directing this production, but it was your idea to produce Sweat at the Alley. What made you pick this piece? Well, I saw the play in its world premiere production at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and I brought a group of um, board members and donors from Cutting Ball, where I I was the co-founder and um, artistic director, and we spent a week seeing shows up, up in Oregon, and it was by far everyone's favorite play of the, of the week, um, and everybody had a sense of wow, this is this is something big. This is th- th- this play is going places, and I mean everybody was just so moved because it's it's um, it's so poignant and um, heartbreaking. But also, there are just so many great roles, great juicy roles. I mean every. Every, every role is is really really meaty, and you can sink your teeth into it. And you know, it was it was around the pandemic, and I was just thinking of like how how we want to come out of the pandemic, right? And and I just thought it's it's a beautiful message of of coming together, and um, and you know of of you know um, working across our differences. Um, but also the you know the real challenges of that as well. But also, I just felt like this would be a great show for our resident acting company to sink their teeth into. And then, and then of course, um, the chance to work with Eileen was exciting. But I want to I want to let, let her talk about how how that all came together. Yeah, no, and, and it's also just such an exciting choice since I know you saw that world premiere in 2015, but then it went on to Broadway and win the Pulitzer. So it's just a, such a strong start for us to come back to, I think. And um, and I know, Eileen, you've done other plays by Lynn Nottage, too, Abs- right? Absolutely. I love her as a playwright. I mean, her sense of sense of community. And I think that that's very much what Rob was talking about with this play and how the community comes together through their very differences and challenges, but they still come together and band as as one in a sense. And even when they're not as one, you understand the dynamics of what each character is um, is going through. So right on with how Lynn Nottage's work has been. The Ensemble Theater has had the wonderful opportunity to produce two of her plays, uh, By the Way, Meet Vera Stark, and then also Crumbs from the Table of Joy. And so each one of those pieces really dealt... She 
she she writes for the actor in the sense of how that actor is able to craft his character and in those how those characters live and how they're representative of human beings and people that we know in our lives. That's the beauty of, you know, of what she's been able to do with all of her work. And then, you know, the the fact that this woman has won, you know, the Pulitzer Prize is a is a beautiful thing as well. Definitely. Twice. She's Twice. Won. That's right. Yeah. And so, Eileen, can you talk about how this collaboration between the alley and the ensemble came about? Well, this particular collaboration came when Rob and I were talking at a, we were in the chat room at a TCG conference uh, right when the pandemic had just started. And we were talking about ways of how we wanted to be able to collectively reach our communities. And he talked about the fact that he was thinking about, you know, trying to do sweat and you know, what would that mean for us to collaborate? And then we started talking about our perspective anniversaries. The Alley Theater is celebrating its 75th and the Ensemble Theater is celebrating its 45th. And we were like, whoa, wait a minute. This would be a great way for us to tell the world, to tell Houston audiences how these two entities, you know, the Alley Theater being the largest regional theater, uh, you know, uh, one of the largest regional theaters, and then the Ensemble Theater being the largest African-American, you know, regional theater coming together with with our communities and with our prospective institutions to present this work but the ensemble and the alley have had a have we've had a long history with each other because of the fact in the late 90s you know and mid 90s the ensemble theater and the alley used to do collaborations together with anniversary seasons as well as sharing artists together um, I performed here at the, on the alley stage I was the first african-american mrs. Cratchit that the Alley Theater had in A Christmas Carol. So our collaborations have been, you know, through artistry, through our anniversaries, through marketing ideas. And I think that that really speaks to uh, our institutions and the dream and the, you know, of our founders, Nina Vance for the Alley and George Hawkins for the Ensemble Theater. That's so great. Thank you for that. And, and so, so back to Sweat. So I'd be curious to ask both of you when someone says to you, okay, you're directing this play Sweat, what's it about? What's the story? How, how do you describe it? What words do you use that, that may be the same or different from our marketing blurb? Well, I think they're, I mean, they're, <laughs> I was, Elizabeth Bunch teases me because I often say, okay, well, there, there, um, there are two choices here. And, and, and Elizabeth also, but there might be even three. <laughs> but, but I, I think they're, 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 they're possibly two, two possibilities for how to look at this play. One way to look at it is it starts with these two young men who've just gotten out of prison and they're with their parole officer. And they're pretty upset about the direction their life has taken, right? And the play's kind of a mystery. How did this happen? How did they get there? Because it, that, that's, that's 2008. What, what got them to this point? And, and then we go to a bar, and we're, we're in a bar for most of, the, most of the play. And, you know, there are clues, like what, what happened? Where did this go wrong? What could have been different? So that's one way of looking at it. It's, 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 su- it's summer, summer chills in the fall, you know. <laughs> but then the, another way is, is kind of the great American bar play, right? The, uh, um, like, um, uh, the um, Iceman Cometh or, you know, the um, Time of Your Life. These, the, you know, it's, it's a bunch of... Americans, different um, from different backgrounds, talking, sharing, um, you know, the, all the things that happen in a bar, 
where you know after a few drinks you start revealing uh, more about yourself and and kind of peeling peeling back the layers and so so it kind of has that tradition of the kind of American bar play and of course what's what's interesting is there's a there's a crisis moment you know the, we get to experience them for a while where everything's going great and it's all hunky dory although you know for some people it isn't going great Oscar the the busboy um, is is not having a great time. Um, but um, but everybody else is, and um, but when certain things happen at the factory, the factory um, you know starts to you know we hear that there are other factories in town that are laying people off, and um, and and um, workers going on strike, and of course the people at um, Olsteads, which is the the metal um, factory. Um, they feel one that their union is solid. They feel like Olsteads has been around forever. So even though you know they hear the the siren sound of of other um, other um, factories, you know, kind of going down, they they don't think it could happen to them. But when it does start to happen to them, the the tenor in the bar is completely different. And that, I think that's you know. So that, those are two ways to look. And of course. As as Elizabeth would say, there probably is a third. There's probably a fourth. There's probably a fifth. And what do you think, Eileen? Do you describe this play in a third way? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, just because of all the things that have been said, all you know about the play, the descriptions are really um, very great. Except that I think it. I would only add that you know you're dealing with um, a community of people that are uh, the everyday man. So this the common man. It's not you know it's not somebody that's in a you know a big um, position that you know brings them such big wealth. But the wealth comes in who they are, the people that they're around. That's where their wealth comes from. From that part. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. So the show is set in the years both 2000 and 2008. It premiered in 2015. But how do you both think the play resonates now? And how do you think it will resonate differently for our audience today than it did for those who saw it six years ago? I would hope that people are more sensitized to the subject matter. And when you're dealing with, uh, you know, culturally specific people and diversity of people, I think that from the pandemic, from the, you know, the kind of racial injustice that has happened over the last couple of years, which has been happening, you know, since time began, unfortunately, in our world, that people are more, um, you know, insensitized in the sense that they understand that the world shouldn't be moving in that direction, that we really have to open our minds and our hearts to kind of understanding human beings and allowing human beings to be in the world as they as they should. And I think that this play uh, definitely addresses those things because of the where they are in Reading, Pennsylvania, and the, you know the fact that it's a small town that they're working together and that it's you know the 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 cultures speak in in various ways and each one has to adjust to that yet they come together because of the work that they're doing i think that's all right right on eileen and and i i always like to say you know that uh, a classic um gets better as you age and the classic is the same but you've changed so you have a lot more to that you see in it, and um, and 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 it actually seems to be speaking to you even more 
um, because you're older, you've got more experience. And I feel like this country in four years has aged a great deal, has grown up, you know, a great deal, um, especially from, you know, the, um, you know, the, all, all the, you know, thinking that, that, that kind of came after the, um, murder of George Floyd. And, um, you know, I feel like the play actually has more to say to us now than it did four years ago because it really it really speaks to the, this moment and it really speaks to um, all all the you know all the good thinking all the hard thinking that's happened in the past um, you know past year so I I, th- I think I think people I think it's offering our audience um, you know a chance to to really to really reflect and just and just sit with a diverse group of people and see watch how they react to problems and and Lynn does Lynn Nottage does such a wonderful job of of speaking speaking very truthfully from every character's perspective so there's no there's no one perspective there's no one overriding message you really listen to all all the characters and you see where they're all coming from which is what i think is so beautiful about this play and i think it's i think it's the power of drama and and how theater can help us help us get through this moment and 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 grow from this moment that's absolutely great, Rob, because it's about that story. What does the story dictate and tell us, and how do we as audience members react or take our own experiences and put them into the story that we're watching? Yeah. Yeah. And so what have the conversations in the rehearsal room been like? Oh, wow. They've been really great because the, the, it's such an ensemble. It's such a team that has been... You know, the, Rob did a great job of casting between the resident company and, you know, some others that we'll talk about shortly, uh, uh, bringing that team together. And then everybody's willing to share, to share from their own personal experiences of, you know, situations that they might have been in or their own thoughts about things. And, and that's what you want in a rehearsal room is that you want everybody to come together and know that you might not understand this or you might not agree, but can we all share whatever our lived experiences, uh, you know, what we're coming to the table with. And that definitely has been happening. So from politics to union unionization to uh, personal tragedies to, uh, th- you know, it's been a kind of a wide gamut of things that have been discussed, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun working with Eileen because we're both we're both really collaborative directors and we both you know we both have similar um, st- you know styles of, of directing we we and, and belief systems like we we you know I believe that the the best ideas rise to the top and it doesn't matter whose idea it was and and Eileen says you know when when something is right everybody everybody in the room knows it's right right and so it's just led to you know just just a, a group of voices a group of experiences just sharing and um and kind of bringing our our own lived experiences into the room and and kind of helping us, you know, gu- uh, navigate. And every everybody, everybody in the room has something um, really, um, you know, really special and really um, particular to offer. I mean, a, a great example is um, Chris Hutchinson, who grew up in in Pittsburgh, and you know, so he just has a real sense of 
kind of what what unions mean to that to that community and and how deeply um, you know embedded in the in the society it is and how 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 important they are right and um, and so he he he's been able to kind of bring that. Um, that perspective into the room, and of course, every everybody. But that's just that's just one um, example. Yeah, and so let's so let's talk about the actors. I mean, it's a it's a fairly large cast for a play, and the actors are a mix of our resident acting company. There's also frequent alley and ensemble actor Michelle Elaine. There's Derek J. Brent II, who's performed at the ensemble often, but not at the alley until now. And then Luis Quintero, who's new to new to both theaters. So, what what is that dynamic and mix of people been like all all coming together for this? It's been really. Really healthy. It's been a breath of fresh air. You know, I can just speak from the alley perspective that, you know, because of the pandemic, um, the alley actors were working almost exclusively with me and Brandon Weinbrenner for over a year um, on Zoom, and and we grew tremendously as a company. Um, because of that, I think, because we did a lot of projects on Zoom and we, we, and we were all learning a new thing. But now, having, having done that work together and having new people um, into the mix, um, it's been just a, wel- a really welcome thing. And, um, you know, we've, we've loved working with, um, with Michelle and, and, and Derek and Luis. Um, and um, so that's been, that's all been like super, super positive. You know, when you get a group of artists together that really love what they do, <laughs> oh God, it's just heaven. You know, it makes my heart happy when I think about the fact that all of these artists have come together. Of course, they come because they, you know, have a job to do and they're doing the play. But it's more than just that. It's about that they feel so compelled to be able to tell this story and have their own unique way of being able to tell it and creating these characters. The fact that we're all together in a room uh, after not being able to really have done that for um, we were doing it in some ways at the ensemble theater during the pandemic, but still, you know, the, the comfortability has relaxed a little bit now because of we're, we're all taking, you know, the steps to protect ourselves and to keep our bubble contained. But it's about that art. It's about the fact that this story is important, that this story has a purpose and that they're here to tell the story. And it's about what they as artists or we as artists feel when we all get together. The rehearsal process, this journey is is to me one of the best things ever because of the fact that you know rehearsal is great it's where you discover it's where you figure it out it's where you get to know each other it's where you get to kind of layer and build and widen your lens and that's exactly what these artists they're so giving each and every one of them as Rob has talked about uh, with their own experiences they're so giving and so they're they're ready to put together what and and create along with you know Rob and everyone else in the room what it what the playwright you know has given us to be able to to take forth. Oh, that's great. And how is it, Jin, just for the two of you of working with a collaborator as a fellow director in the room? I imagine that you 
more often than not don't have that. So how has this process been just for the two of you? Yeah, I think Bob hit the nail on the head when he talked about that we, or you know, our, our style of directing is very, very similar because we, we, we work organically. So we come from a place of, okay, let's, you know, here's the text. This is our Bible. Let's see what, you know, it's telling us and what are, what are our thoughts about this and how do we share, share these thoughts and come together. And so it, for me, I've really enjoyed that process. I especially love the fact that I, you know, I see ensemble artists in the room with the with the Alley Resident, you know, company, and that makes me feel really great that our artists are able to share with each other like that. And then just from one artistic director to another, collaborations are great to me. They're important to the world, and and that's what I think Rob and I wanted to make sure happen. And one of the things that Rob said when we first talked about doing this was that he wanted the world to be able to heal. And to me, seeing these two institutions coming together, representing diverse, you know, upbringings and missions and visions and all of that, it's is a beautiful thing. It's been it's been delightful and easy, you know, which is which has been just great. And you know, when I first came to the alley, like when to, like my top priority was to bring a spirit of collaboration into the room into the into the organization to to really have it be a collaborative um, theater and you know it's it's taken a while because it's been it's been run differently for a long time and so um, you know this this project in in a way is is kind of the pinnacle so far of that of that effort and I think it started because you know, Eileen and I are so comfortable sharing the room with each other, and 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 the this group of actors they're incredibly generous, and um, our, our stage manager Chrissy Larson said you know or, you know after you know a long week of ta- table table work she said I, I she said I've never had an experience where it was so where just the table work there was no sense of competition. In the room, that people weren't trying to one up each other, that it was that that conversations and discussions were happening from a, from a place of generosity, and I, I think that's been just a big strength of this whole um, process. And yeah, it's been it's been just I, lovely. I think Rob, too, you you said something that just triggered something, if you don't mind, Liz, to me, and that's what we want our audiences to understand and to take away. The alley audiences, when they come to see Sweat, you know, will be, uh, you know, will feel that because you can't help that can't help but transpire, transpire from the artist to the audiences, and that when on when you know ensemble audiences will get a chance to uh, each audience each entity, each institution will have audiences that will have shared experience because alley audiences will come to visit the ensemble theater because of this type of collaboration. That widens the perspective of how we view art and what it does for us. You know, my, my favorite August Wilson quote is, art does not change the world, it changes people and people change the world. And that's what we, that's what to, to me, what we are, you know, we're doing each and every day when we present a piece of work. That's great. Before we sign off, what do each of you want someone to know before they see your production of Sweat? Is there something you'd like them to keep in mind or just keep an ear or eye out for? I I think um, what I'd like people to know, kind of what I, it, what I said a little bit earlier about hearing all, 
all people's perspectives, and and uh, but I'll go deeper with it. Uh, my my favorite quote from Heiner Mueller um, is um, that the reason he writes plays and not novels is because he can have one character come on stage and say one thing from one perspective and have another character come and just completely contradict the other character and then have a third character come on stage and say something that contradicts the other two. And he as a playwright doesn't have to say who he agrees with. Um, and 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 that in, in a way is the power of, of theater that that we can we can see we can see all these different perspectives and we can and and you as an audience member are supposed to go away and kind of kind of think about that right and you know um you know cuz cuz you know, some we got some feedback that oh, the this season has a a political agenda right that, that these are political plays right and and i feel like um you know y- yes they're political in the sense that if if listening to other people, if hearing other people's perspective is political, then it's political. But but I feel like um, what what theater offers us is is a chance to get out of your own bubble, get out of your own community, and and listen to some other voices and listen to some other perspectives. And and I feel as a theater artist that I've grown tremendously as a human being by listening to other people and 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 empathizing deeply with with other people and i i think it's a real gift so i think i i just feel like um i want uh, I, I want people to come in really open to kind of kind of live with all these lived experiences which are all valid and they're all real um and there's really no right <laughs> there's really no right answer to this play because Everybody, everybody has a truth that they're speaking from, and 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 everybody's you know trying, um, and so um, so anyway, I think I think it's I think it's a really um, great experience for everybody to see this play. I don't think I can add anything to what Rob has said because he's really captured it so beautifully. So just think of certain words: truth, widening the lens, a sense of. Uh, having your own experience from what you're seeing, and then doing something, making a difference in your own community, with starting with maybe your family and your personal yourself and the people that you're around. Use the art to, you know, propel yourself to to make a change and to make the world a better place. Well, thank you both. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Thank you. This has been a pleasure, and thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Ali All Ears. Visit our website at www.alitheater.org for more 